The Small Business Show, episode number 68 for Wednesday, May 25th, 2016. folks, and welcome to the Small Business Show here at businessshow.co. I'm Dave Hamilton in Durham, New Hampshire. And I'm Shannon Jean in Lafayette, California. Hey, man, you, you know, you got, I was just thinking about the, your inflection at the end, you know, where you say 2016, you know, you've got a few more years of that. Well, four more years, I guess, three, yeah. three and a half. And then you're going to have to figure out the, the, uh, is it the, uh, the, the 2020 the 20s and that, yeah, all that, all that stuff. So, yep. uh, you have to work on that. You got a little time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get, I'll, um, I'll, this is probably the most that I'll think about it until <laughs> ever January of 2020. And then you go. we'll just see what happens. That's right. Yeah. That yeah. works good. Right. That works yeah, yeah. good. So how are things out there in uh, your neck of the woods? Things are good. Yeah, it's been uh, cool. actually a good. Uh, we've we've been very busy at Backbeat uh, this week. There's been uh, nice. in the in the past week lots of activity, which is weird. Well, it, it, we are it, we we sell ads, right? So sure. and that's the activity that I'm talking about. It's it's picked up. It it's always interesting. Q4 is always busy. So starting in, you know, September things really start to heat up. Oh yeah, for the holiday quarter and all that stuff. Yeah, right? things yeah. people yeah. start planning and all that. There have been years where August, believe it or not, is our best month of the year in terms of sales. Uh there have been years where August is our worst month of the year in terms of sales. In fact, it is only one of the two. I don't think we've ever had an August that is not either our best or worst year uh, or worst month of the year. And uh, and it's just all about people's sales cycles and, you know, what they're predicting for the Q4 and all of that. So it's yeah, um, yeah. but, you know, this heading into the summer, the summer is always our kind of our traditionally our slowest period. So it's interesting seeing that pick up. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Well, it's you know it's an election year though, so oh, that yeah, yeah, that yeah. always you know you can't buy TV ads. Right? Oh yeah, that's so, that's fascinating. See, I had no idea. Yep, that, that's very interesting. So the web um, and and podcasts, you, you know, both kind of see a lot of those dollars where people say, well, I can't, you know, the TV ads are just going to be locked up with all the political stuff, and and the rates are too high now, so I got to go put my money somewhere else. So. Yeah, it, it, it turns out to be a good thing for us. And I, I believe we're we're seeing kind of the, you know, the, the beginnings of that. So we oh, should have, great. you know, people, I, I, the phrase vote early, vote often uh, is something that I, I support in a meta sense. I think we should have elections every year. Um, that's, so It's fascinating that that's that impact, uh, you yeah. know, the, that causal effect. I just wouldn't even, you know, if you're not in the business, you right. probably had no idea. Yeah, it took us a little while to figure it out, too. <laughs> But we've been through enough election cycles now where it's like, oh, yeah, that's what's happening. So That's cool. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, you know, this week we, we're going to spend some time talking about the IRS, but one of the things that just oh, popped into my head. If the IRS is listening, it's been terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible. Right. Ter- no. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's a, a good comment. Um, a few weeks ago, we were talking about um, Scott Adams, the Dilbert guy, his his book, and, and one of the... Uh, things that he talks about in there is how, uh, you know, he makes the comment goals are for losers. And then he, re- then he goes on to explain that it's much more powerful to develop systems that you can constantly tweak and develop over time, t- uh, to be successful versus setting this goal out at the end and that you're not successful until you reach that 
very goal. And you asked a question that, uh, and I've been thinking about this, and I answered one way, but I, I want to revisit it. You, you know, you said, well, have you ever set goals for your business? And I immediately said, well, really, no. You fin- know? I but believe financial think- goals was what I asked. It was, it was a financial goals? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think even, even that, that's, you know, relevant. Um, I think that, yes, the answer was no, but I also falling back as, as I've read more into this, uh, this book, uh, Scott's book, I've thought more about it. And what we really have done over time is try to put systems in place to reach financial success. But I, and and maybe this is what you were getting at. We never set a, a, you know, this high bar that said, Hey, we've got to do, you know, a million dollars this quarter in whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, We've always tried to tweak it and, you know, you always want to see the numbers go up, but my business just kind of to your point, you just said, you know, Hey, one August, it was the best time, uh, our best month ever. And one August, it was the worst. Yep. Uh, we have the same thing, uh, you know, at our, our, you know, various business entities here. It's very hard to track down and dig into, uh, you know, why things happen, but, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I, I just wanted to go back, you know, everybody who listened to that show, it wasn't that, uh, you know, we're not trying to achieve those things and heading in the direction that, that we want to. But I, I think both of us would agree that it was more valuable to kind of set up these systems and put things in place that would eventually lead us to success and not just have this kind of bar that we had to, you know, always go for. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, I, totally. No, that was a, a very um, revealing conversation, self-revealing conversation, because I had never thought about it in those terms. Um, and, and it, it, you know, you make some good mistakes along the way, right? We, we sure. Oh yeah. And, and this for me was one of them. And I, obviously it, it, it's not that I just lucked into it, although that's part of it. Uh, it's not all of it. It, it, it seemed to be the right thing to do, but hearing it codified, right, by when yeah. you described Scott Adams saying, you know, not goals, right. systems, it's like, oh, yeah, that's that that makes sense to me. But now that you say it, even in the last couple of weeks, it's been, well, I can I can be more deliberate about this, you know, now yes, that I'm thinking right. about it and uh, as opposed to just letting it ride and kind of figuring it out. It's it's always but even that in and of itself is exactly what we're talking about. It's a system of refining the being intentional about systems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, 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 and measuring, uh, I think one of the most powerful things is measuring your successes along the way mm-hmm. as well as your failures. So you're right. constantly adjusting, you know, if you set a goal, there's only one success, you either make it or you don't. Yeah. And, but if you put in this, you know, a system in place, well, all kinds of great things can happen. And, and, you know, I'll never forget a conversation that, uh, I had with a high school buddy of mine is his dad and the guy was a really successful engineer. And, you know, his, he said, well, you know, my goal was, this was, you know, eons ago when I was in high school, he said, well, my goal was to make a uh, million dollars. And, uh, he was talking to my buddy, Chris and I, and he said, but you know, I made a terrible mistake. And, and he was like, oh, what's that? What, how could you, did you make it? And he's like, did you make it? Oh yeah, I, I made it. But the mistake was I set the goal at a million dollars. Yeah. It just as easily would have been, you know, to, to attain something much higher, but you just kind of, you're programming. A lot of this is you're programming your head into, you know, move in the right direction to achieve what you want. 
Uh, and I, I've always remembered that comment and to where it's, you know, it's better to have an open-ended system that embraces whatever success comes your way. Yes. Yeah. You, well, yeah, I've, I've always said the biggest barrier between myself and whatever success is, is me. And, For and sure. it's, it's that I will stop and I've caught myself doing this. You know, I'll get to whatever I think is, even though I'm not officially setting goals, you have these sort of, you know, milestones, if you will, in your head. And it's like, oh, great. Here we are. Awesome. Now, yeah. you know, I'm here. Oh, crap. I don't know. Like, what, what, what do I do next? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, next? I, I made it. Oh, that's bad. You know, yeah. that's, uh, yeah, I made it is, is, is not a, a good thing in my book. It's like, cause it means I don't know what to do tomorrow. And that's, yeah. you know, that's not, you never want to be in that scenario. Yeah. So you've kind of developed all these different systems yeah. for different things you're working on. And uh, I, th I think it's a great concept. So yeah. anyway, I just wanted to jump back in. Not spend uh, you know, too much time on it, but I thought it was worth revisiting. And, you know, we'll probably talk about this book again in the future. I think it's got some pretty powerful lessons. I have one uh, thing to add on this, just yeah. a piece of advice for everyone. Uh, and I learned this from a business partner years ago. He, um, he was crazy, but that, that was, it was a, in a good way. Uh, he would always say, even if he made up his mind that we're going to do this this way forever, you know, and, and it, nothing's forever. And he was very flexible in that regard, but he would never tell the staff or, or, you know, our partners or whoever it was that we have changed. It's we're doing an experiment for the next two weeks. It was always two weeks. We're trying this to see what happens. And that that softened the blow with everyone. And, uh. and, and I, I didn't even notice he did it. And finally we were having a conversation. He's like, Oh, let me tell you one of my tricks. And it was that. And, uh, and I've even been upfront with my staff when I do this, you know, like, Oh, you know, I'm going to say, we're going to do this for two weeks, but you guys know that that means two things. If it succeeds, it's going to stick around. And if it fails, we're going to stop. But that would be true. Even, I mean, even if we didn't put two weeks on it, like if yeah. this is really horrible for us we're gonna stop doing it but yep. you know and but it makes people people knowing oh it's an experiment i'm in on this it's yeah. it, it makes it easier because change is the hardest thing yeah less threatening to say less hey we're gonna experiment yeah. and uh, kind of see how it works let me know what you think and and you know let's let's try it i like that that's yep. a great idea yep he that's, also that's a great idea he also would if if there was something he just needed to institute he would just drop it like a bomb sometimes. And he'd say, Oh, you know, there, there's this. And instead of asking for feedback, that was his way of filtering out all the useless feedback. Uh, uh. It, if, if he had some concept or something, he would just drop it and say, this is how it's going to be, uh, which is sort of counter to his, we're going to try this for two weeks, but it, it was, it, it worked in the right scenarios and it would keep him from, uh, from getting all the useless feedback. People would self filter if somebody really felt like this was a bad thing, they'd still bring it up. Like, dude, we can't do that. You know, we're, we're going to yeah, sure. crater. Oh, Hey, thanks for saying that, you know, be fine. Yeah. Uh, and so that was, that was, it was, you know, the two sides like to the idea. same coin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So you can Very wield cool. those two, um, at the right times. Yeah. I like it. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. Hey, and uh, I think we got uh, some uh, l a listener question that we were going to talk about. I mentioned uh, we do. IRS uh, last week, and uh, do you want to uh, read that question from Dan? I will. Awesome. Dan asks, hey, guys, I have a question about the IRS. I started getting some letters from them about my business tax filings from a couple of years ago. 
I think I know the answer to most of the questions they have, but I'm kind of freaking out that this may lead to an audit or something. I don't have anything to hide, but having never been through this type of thing before, any tips for dealing with the IRS? Um, I'm going to start, if you don't yeah. mind, with the no, do it. with the, the, the chicken little response here. If the IRS is asking you questions, it is an audit in, in so much as they're asking you for details. An audit isn't necessarily, you know, we're going to look at every nook and cranny of your tax return. An audit is we have a question and we need more details about this. And the reason I chicken little this a little bit is because when you are talking to the IRS, there is a rule. And I, I think they stick to this still. They can only ask you about what they've already asked you about unless you show them something new. So be very careful to compartmentalize your answers as best you can yes. so that you don't show them something else because they can't, it, you know, the computer or whatever, something generated. We need answers to these three line items. Awesome. Stick to that. Don't yeah. go outside the lines. You got it. And, you know, that skipping ahead, I have my the little, little laundry list of things here yeah. to talk about. And uh, one of the things it's way down on the list, but we might as well touch on it now is that. That's absolutely true. I mean, it could be the most important thing you hear in the next, you know, 20 minutes or so yep. is that that compartmentalization, you know, you're not hiding anything. You're not doing anything no, no. wrong. Uh, and it just saves you from lots of boring and potentially yes. costly conversations down the road. Correct. You never want to put someone uh, that's auditing you from any sort of anything and give them access to your accounting software, uh, a sales database, or whatever it is. You want to produce what they ask you for, it, you know, within reason. Yep. And, and you may need to get some advice on whether, hey, can they ask for this kind of thing? Sure. Um, but you want to keep it narrowly focused on answering what they want. Because even if they're just, you know, again, 99% of the time, you don't have anything to hide. You, you right. want to provide the information. But... First, and at a minimum, it is a massive time suck when dealing with any sort of bureaucracy, government agency, whatever it is. And you want to just keep it quick and to the point, be polite, but you want to answer just what they want to, uh, you know, just the questions that they're asking. Yeah, I, I um, the only time I've been audited thus far, and I've got wood to knock on here. Uh, was before I had any official business entities. So I was running a couple of businesses. I had my computer consulting and my, I was a, you know, always have been a musician. And so I filed both of those separately as schedule C's. Uh, so self-employment. Okay. And the IRS asked me about three things. I got the letter saying, yeah, we want to know this stuff. And and that is an audit. And And the letter that you got, Dan, probably it should say that. I mean, if they're asking you a question, I can't imagine it's not an audit, but it was- it was clear, right, that it's okay. We need these, you know, three things answered. Um, and so I decided at that point, I had had this same advice and I decided, all right, well, I can go one of two ways with this. And this is in 1998. So technology wasn't quite what it, what it is today. Uh, I could either take the receipts for, you know, each of those three things and pile them all up. And show up at the IRS office and let them sort it out and give them the headache and maybe they decide nah, it's not worth it. Or I could show up extremely organized and extremely polite and I chose plan B, but with either plan A or plan B, my, my tactic was 
And I did this. I scheduled my appointment. I told him the only time I have is late in the afternoon on Friday. And so I showed up for the last appointment on Friday at the, Brilliant. At the IRS office. And <laughs> I, it was all smiles. Yeah. And, uh, and I was there for about 45 minutes. There were three things, like I said, that they asked me about. And one of them, it was like two of them. It was travel uh, expenses on both the music and – or it was travel on my computer consulting and then some – uh, equipment expenses on both music and computers. I'd bought a drum set that year. I'd bought a couple of new computers that year. And so it was a little out of whack compared to previous years, which is what triggered this. And I found receipts for everything. I actually, and for things I didn't have receipts for, I went through, I scanned my credit card receipts and I blurred out all but the lines that had the uh, the items that were, you know, th- th- that matched my tax return on them. Did I mention brilliant? <laughs> <laughs> and I highlighted it and I, I walked in and said, oh, I did this to make it easier for you, which yeah. is partially true, but I didn't want him to see anything else. And this yeah. was, this stuff was all commingled because it was like my personal fund. And, uh, and, but there was one thing that I couldn't find and it was a receipt for an airline ticket of all the things to not be able to find that. And it was $330 or something. And I thought, man, I can't find this receipt. So what I did was I made three packets, one for each line item. And at the top of the packet was a report from Quicken, which is all I was using at the time, that listed all the details of that line. And that number matched the number I had put on my – the total of that report matched the number I would put on my tax return. And, and that was all fine, except the packet that I brought for the travel expenses was missing the airline receipt. Now, the no. packet matched itself, meaning the cover that I had on it. Sure. I had skipped the airline receipt, but then the total number didn't match the total number that I had put on my tax return months prior because it was missing it by 330 bucks. And I figured they would notice that and they'd say, you're missing this. And I'd say, oh, you know, I looked for that receipt. I couldn't find it. I don't know. You know, we're here. What's the what's the deal? And they'd say, well, you you know, you owe about 100 bucks in tax if if that's the if you if that deduction isn't um isn't legit great. And then there's a penalty of 50 bucks. And I figured, all right, 150 bucks. And I'm, I'm, I'm free and clear because I can't find this receipt. It's just not going to happen. And uh, when I went in for the audit, they made sure that my, the reports that I printed matched the receipts that I brought with me that day. And never once did they compare it to my tax return. (laughs) Oh yeah. And it was a legit expense. I mean, it wasn't like I was hiding something, but I was hiding something because I didn't, I just didn't have, I don't know where it was, you know, it's, yeah. couldn't find it. Uh, but, you know, it was Friday afternoon. I was polite and happy and smiles. and um, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that um, those are very, very important lessons there. You know, really making it easy for them is really powerful. And, and maybe I'll back up a little bit more. Yeah. When I've had issues over the years and it's whether an inquiry, we need more information or whether it's, you know, that kind of thing. So is there a difference between an audit and an inquiry then? I believe so. Okay. Uh, I think you could certainly your analogy, you you know, hey, you can consider that an audit. Yes, they are looking at your uh, information, but all, oftentimes they want more clarification. Got it. Um, it's a very, you know, tax is a very gray area and it, they may just need to clarify, get a, get some information from you or have your accountant explain how they did something. And quite often, that's the easiest way to do it uh, if you're working with an, an accountant. Um, but when you get that, uh, that those letters or this kind of thing, you know, it seems very 
formal and, you know, it can be kind of scary. And there's just, you know, thinking of the IRS as this massive government agency. And in in the last, you know, 20 plus years, uh, and the, thankfully, again, I'll knock on wood too, minimal uh, interactions that I've had to have with the IRS. The thing that I, that comes to mind where I've been more success, the most successful is when I've humanized things. Mm. And, and what I mean by that is not responding with a letter back to them right away, unless that's what they're asking for. And it's something very, very simple, but, uh, reaching out and usually those letters always are, have a, uh, an agent assigned to it or a, you know, a phone number. Yeah, it is from a specific person, at least usually. That's right. Yeah. They're, they're given your case, that kind of thing. I highly, highly recommend you call them. Even if maybe the last thing you want to do, you know, you, you can't ignore it. You know, they're never, they're not going to go away. Right. No. It's just always going to come back. So yep. you, you know, you get those letters and, oh man, you know, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. But making that phone call and trying to get that human connection with whoever picks up the phone. Well, you know, that, that could make all the difference in how things uh, go for you. And, and, and that's a, that's a powerful thing. And I've done it numerous times and you always try to get a connection. If you, if you get somebody that just is really not cutting it for you, you can always ask for someone else and always. And yeah. we, we, we've done that. And really? uh, there's a couple different ways to do it. You can ask, right? Hey, you know, is there a supervisor I can talk to or is there someone else? But oftentimes if you call uh, at different times of the day, or if, if that oh, person is, yeah. is gone, They'll often leave you another number when you call and say, oh, if I'm not available, call someone, you know, reach out to this person who's covering for me. And I can tell you from experience is, you know, you, you get a second chance to connect with this person who's covering and you can just ask them, hey, wow, you know, you really were great. You really helped me answer these questions for me. Can you be my point of contact? And I've never had them say no. And it's That's very simple. Brilliant. Yeah. And it, and it really works. And the, the thing is, just as it's very good to break down that big wall thinking of the IRS and, and actually talking to like Gloria at the IRS yeah. and yeah. calling and saying, hey, Gloria, how you doing? How was your weekend? Great. Hey, I got this information for you. I had a couple questions. How do I do this? How do I do that? That can make all the difference for you as well, because they're not going to think of you as taxpayer ID, whatever, whatever, yeah. you know, your social security number. They're like, oh. I got to call Shannon back. He left me a message, uh, you know, whatever, or he's going to be out of town. You, you want to develop that relationship with you. And if you're not the person to do that, maybe someone else can call on your behalf. Maybe it's your accountant. Maybe it's your bookkeeper, your spouse, whoever it is. You know, if, yeah. if, if you give them uh, the authority to, to call, that is really powerful. Um, and, I, so and I would recommend it. The same business partner, former business partner, um, still a friend. That uh, that gave me the previous two little nuggets of of uh, wisdom that I spoke about in the previous segment here gave me one that though he didn't specifically give it to me uh, focused on the IRS it applies here he was talking about something where I don't know it was I think he was talking about a traffic ticket but it, it, he said look I got to go to court right you know that that doesn't scare me because it's not me versus the court it's me yeah. And another person who happens to be a judge having a conversation, he says, I'm comfortable talking to anybody. He says, 
I wouldn't be in business if I wasn't comfortable talking to anybody. And he said, so I don't think of these things in this, you know, David versus Goliath thing. He says, it's David and Jimmy and we're just having a conversation. And yes, Jimmy in that scenario uh, has a little bit of control over what happens next in David's life, but it's, you can have a conversation and it's just two people. Are you scared of talking to the customer who, you know, the, who cold call, like the next time sure. the phone rings, are you scared of talking to that person? Absolutely not. I'm excited. There you go. You know, that's yeah. it. You know how to talk to people or if like, like you said, Shannon, if you don't find the person, you've got to have somebody in your company that does because yep. otherwise you don't have customers. Right. So yep. with someone right. there and it's probably you uh, is the one that talks to people. And so it's really not a big deal, but you're right. That if you delay that then suddenly Gloria is not happy with you. That's just, right. Just like if you ignore, you know, demand letters from the court, a judge isn't going to be happy with you. It's the same thing. It's like, dude, I have a job. I need you to respect the job that I have to do. It doesn't mean I enjoy every aspect of my job. No one does. Right. You have oh, to sure. respect that there's a human on the other side of this. And yeah, they do. They like sending you these demand letters, either for your taxes or, you know, parking tickets. No, no, they didn't. That's right. They didn't. You know, at 10 years old, they didn't say, oh, man, I can't <laughs> wait to, you know, demand most money. Of them. Mo- most, most of them. Yeah. <laughs> sociopaths. That's different. Yeah. 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 But yeah. yeah. Right. You know, it's like, OK, this part of your job sucks for both of us. That's Fine. Right. OK, that, let's let's accept that and let's find the parts of your job that don't suck for either yeah. one of us. That's okay. Yeah. And, and be be transparent and be yeah. truthful and just yeah. say, wow, I, hey, you know, Dan, when you're talking to them, just say, man, you know, I'm kind of freaked out here. You know, I've never do, had to do with this kind of thing. And you'll often find that the I mean, I, I, I can remember dealing with one situation where, you know, it turned out uh, we had sold a company and. Uh, unbeknownst to me, because I am not, you know, we we should have probably premised the shows. You know, we're not tax tax experts. We're not accountants. No. These are just our own, you know, kind of anecdotal, uh, you know, yeah. uh, historical and, perspective on things. And I'm hoping that the story I told that might or might not have been just an anecdote and not <laughs> a true. Uh, I'm hoping that if in fact it was true, the statute of limitations on that hundred bucks in taxes has expired. Because otherwise, I owe a lot more than that hundred bucks. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, 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 that's right. And, and, you know, you, you want to, uh, just, you know, work with them and you'll, you'll find a way they, they, they want to, they really want to help you. Actually, I'm sure of it that they get, uh, you know, counseling or, or, or training on how to counsel. And, and in this case, you know, when I called, it turned out we owed about $150,000 from the sale of this business that mm. should not, you know, we were not aware of based on our, uh, basis for some write-offs and things that changed when we sold the company. And I was just flabbergasted, you know, and, and, uh, I just told her, I'm just totally caught off guard. I have no idea. I had, you know, yes, we work with our accountant, but you know, we weren't let, you know, made aware of this kind of thing. And this, this gal, this lady who happened to be named Gloria, she was totally cool. She's like, you know, I understand it's kind of a murky area. Um, let's figure it out. And, Yes, we wound up paying it, but she waived, you know, there's always penalties that can right. be up to like 20%. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, she waived the penalties 
And she was like, let's get you on a payment plan. What can you afford? And she didn't even ask to justify a payment plan because I tried to keep it as reasonable as possible. Sure. It's like, hey, you know, I can only pay you like, you know, five grand a month or something, whatever it was at the time. Yeah. And uh, she's like, okay, well, let's figure this out and just keep me in the loop. And I, I talked to this lady for a couple of years on a quarterly basis. If And, and I can even recall having to, you know, make the phone call and say, look, you know, business is a bit slow right now. I'm, I'm having a hard time. And she'd be like, okay, I'm going to, I have to add this interest on, but we, thanks for calling me and not just not making the payment. Yeah. So they want to work with you. They know they can't just grind you into dust. No, blood from uh, a stone doesn't you know, happen. Right. It doesn't work. You're a customer. When you owe yeah. someone a bunch of money, you, you have some power over them and don't forget that. So as long as you're on, you know, you respond in a timely manner, you treat them with respect you know, uh, you know, Dan's comment was, you know, dealing with the IRS and that's kind of how we always think about it. But really, you know, you want to interact with Gloria who happens to yeah. work for the IRS sure. and you want to think about how do I get her on my side? Um, and, and, and like I said, that the, there's a ton of detail and we could talk for, uh, you know, hours about this. And, and it sounds like we probably should do a, you know, a second follow-up show with some more details about our, our experiences, but I would say that is going to be the the most important message that, you know, we leave you with today is break it down to, you know, a human level, get to someone that understands you're being authentic and honest about things and, and, and work it out just like any other business negotiation. That's it. It, Yeah. If you treat it like any other business negotiation, you know, you already know that your goal is to remind those people that you are human and that it's two humans working out a deal and it, you know, usually, hopefully it's working out a deal that you sell something that your business has to someone else and you get some cash out of it. But sometimes it's you're working with a vendor and you're purchasing something from them, but you're also going to negotiate. It's the yep. same deal with the IRS and it, it it's that human element. Few That's of us right. go into either of the two examples I mentioned with, you know, fear and, and pitchforks, right? You know, it's just not how that works. It's not productive for either side. And it's the same is true with the IRS. Um, yeah. And that fear, I think is your, the, the big thing that, you know, everybody is so worried that, oh my gosh, these people are going to destroy my life. You know, that kind of thing, but it's not their you, goal. It's not their goal, but what they are waiting for, see, is they're not used to the advice that Dave and I are giving to you. They're not used to people trying to connect with them. Right. And what they get is they kind of get cynical over time. So that's actually an opportunity for honest people like yourself to make that connection because they, they're treated like most of the time like crap, right? Because you're just like, oh, you work for the IRS and you're hassling me for this and that. And they're, they're kind of, you know, I, I, I think, and I can only speculate, but when they don't get good communication, when you don't treat them with respect, then they just kind of are not motivated to help you as much. Right. So why, well, why wouldn't you use that? Yeah. Use that power that you have to connect with them or with the next person, if they're not the right one yeah. and uh, make it, you know, turn it into a, a positive experience. Yeah. Think about the last person that negotiated with you for whatever it is your business sells. And, uh, and think about the last person you gave a deal to, that's bigger than, than, you know, a bigger discount than you might give to anyone else generally. Why did you do it? Most likely it's either because they're a great customer already or 
you liked them. Well, yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> that street cuts both ways and it, in a yep. good way. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say this. Um, if you work with an accountant, uh, I've and, and this this is truly my own you know superstition and maybe has no bearing on on anything. But I've always felt like having your accountant sign, like do your taxes for you. And then when they do that, they have to sign uh, your tax return. Basically what they're signing is saying, you know, based on the information I got from my client, I've done this correctly, you you know, and I'll take responsibility for making sure it's been done correctly. But if they gave me false information, you know, I'm not on the hook for that. But I've always felt like having the accountant signature on the tax return is a good thing. I don't know if the IRS looks at that any differently i feel like they i mean they, i think you're right they they should i, yeah, I would I if i were are. the irs if i see oh this person's got an accountant all right is that accountant on our blacklist no yeah. okay and you know they have a blacklist by the way you know i would if I'm i was sure. the irs you know oh yeah. that guy's a crook look yeah. let's go get some more money out of all of his clients but otherwise they're gonna they're gonna look one more time before they send out that letter like do we really do, do we really think that that, that something that a mistake was made here either intentionally or otherwise you, you know and if eh, probably not. you know what let it go i always feel like that but even if that's not true well you at least have a partner when the irs calls you're gonna have to pay that partner <laughs> yeah of course but but you're right and you know they, i think they look at it and go well at least they're being advised you know and and they're they're making uh the effort to do things right you know so yeah, I think it's good stuff, but I definitely think we're going to have to come back and do uh, the IRS uh, 2.0 show because well, and taxes uh, 2.0 because there's franchise yeah, taxes and all that yeah. other stuff that um, I, you know I'm sure both of us, but I know I know I've learned the hard way and I'm still learning the hard yep. way. So us too, yeah, yeah, me, yeah me too. Yeah. So we'll uh, you know we we covered some things this week. We talked about you know really humanizing uh, your relationship with the IRS. Uh, but I, you know, we're going to jump back and and uh, continue this conversation. It may not be next week, but we'll see. Uh, and uh, yeah, send we'll us your questions. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. How do they get a hold of us, Dave? Feedback at businessshow.co is one way, and then of course we have our voicemail and text line for the Small Business Show here at four zero one four seven two four two four nine. That's four zero one four seven two four two four nine. We'd love to hear from you. It'd be great. We love would. It. Anything else, Shannon, before we let him go? No, that's it. Have a great uh, rest of the week. Enjoy. You got a three-day weekend coming up. Enjoy it with your family and friends, man. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start a, start yeah. a summer. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been thinking about it. We, I said we need some sort of a tagline, but it's it's going it, to – I feel like it, it – especially after last week, but every week, it, you know, we all lead a charmed life. I don't care how – you know, it doesn't it, – it's – we all are at different levels of whatever it is we're doing – But if you're able to take time and listen to this show, you are leading a charmed life. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. And hopefully you learned something from this show. So here we are protecting each other's charmed life. Keep doing that. And uh, we'll see you next week. Awesome. Awesome.